Welcome to Marketing Growth Conversations, a show about purposeful growth for the marketing community. We're connecting with marketing leaders to explore how they've found success in delivering growth for their businesses, teams, and careers. I'm your host, Michael Fasciano, an integrated marketing and global content leader. Like many of you, I've seen that growth for marketers is rarely a straight path. And yet with courage, strategic thinking, creativity, and grit, it's the game changer for many businesses and an incredibly rewarding career. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Growth Conversations. Hi, everybody. Today, we're joined by Elise Schwartz, Executive Vice President and Head of Account Management for Digitas, a full-service digital agency for connecting brands. Elise is an expert in developing connected marketing strategies. She's worked with some of the most recognizable brands in the world, including Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, L'Oreal, Verizon Wireless, BlackRock, and FIS. Elise is also a certified executive coach and has deep experience building powerful leadership teams. On a personal note, I had the privilege to work with and for Elise during my time at Digitas and always learned so much from her vision, wisdom, and uniquely human leadership style. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is fun. So I know there's a lot going on at Digitas and in the world of marketing and advertising and technology. So I'm just curious, as an executive leader for Digitas, what's been the core focus for you and the teams these days? Great question. Right now for us, obviously growth is a huge focus for us, but really thinking about our clients and really getting to understand their businesses and listening and hearing their business challenges, which are different for everybody, but there's also themes. And every day for us is a little different. Some of my clients are really focused on taking the data, learning from the data and pushing more performance, more addressable relationships. And then others are really focused on building brand awareness. So every different client has different challenges. And the question for us is to hear them and to figure out how to unlock them and help them with driving that business impact. So that's one side. And then the other side, that that piece about me being head of account management is really focused on both mentoring, training, and inspiring our next generation of capability to drive that business leadership to move forward. So I have almost like a two-pronged approach. Very client-focused and then very people-focused. Well, and as we all know, it takes a village, right? You, You need to surround yourself with amazing leaders to empower clients to win. And so I really am so fascinated to hear more about your journey in becoming a certified executive coach. That's so exciting and congratulations. And just tell us a little bit about how you embarked on that journey and perhaps the value that you've discovered along the way. Well... You know that I've always been very direct and sometimes that could rub people the wrong way, but I've always been very empathetic at the same time. And so back in 2018, 2019, I had an opportunity to go to a great leadership program that overall Publicis offers. And I loved it. I fell in love with it. It was called Peak Leadership. It was a deep dive for four days. And then after that, I got a personal coach coming out of it, which was amazing. I really took advantage of it. I really worked the work with her. Her name was Coach Coffee. And at the end of it, this was at the end of 2019, moving into 2020, guess what? We hit the pandemic and I was in the midst of finishing this coaching and I was like, I need some more of it. And then I ended up realizing through what was going on in the pandemic and how I had to pivot with my teams, that that was really a huge passion point for me was to mentor and really think about how to make people um, know what made them best and focus on sometimes the things that were weaknesses for them 
to breakthrough. And I went to my coach and I went to Digitas and I said, I really think I want to do this. Will you support me in the process? And they did. It was a six to nine month process. I actually had to do full certification. It's done through University of Georgia. So it's actually a real thing. And then I actually had to take on a practicum client for 12 weeks and do 12 different sessions with them to go through the same process that I went through. And every time I did that, I actually had a conversation with my coach to train me through it and see where I had done well, where I was going. And since then, I finally got the official certification. I've been practicing it both personally. I do have a couple of personal people I coach, but also been helping through at Digitas with some key leaders, taking on one a quarter. And it's been fantastic. It gives me a purpose because my purpose really for me is how to connect and help people be catalysts to the next place. So when I'm doing that, I feel even more whole. That's incredible. And so you mentioned a process and I'm curious, are there any headlines around the process and the journey that rising executives go through as they're doing this coaching? So there's two things. It's one is how to be a coaching leader and really how to coach yourself, but your teams. And then the second is really to be very honest with yourself and know what are the strengths and your weaknesses. And for this process, it is to focus on the weaknesses because that's what's holding you back and really only one at a time. You can't change everything all at once. You've got to really hone in on one thing. And for me, it was being sometimes too direct or on the flip side, it became reactive. So those were things that I really focused in on. Wow. And still do to this day. Yeah. I mean, I I think that there's a humility that's required in that. And the best leaders out there are humble, servant-oriented leaders who also want to enable not just their clients, but their whole team to thrive. And so I'm curious, have you seen any practical benefits for you or others in the day-to-day working environment? A hundred percent. A couple of the people that I have coached have risen in the company, either taking on new responsibilities or being perceived differently in the company. And I think that's always really exciting that they're working the work themselves. And then for me personally, it's allowed me to have deeper relationships. Um, I'm expected to have mostly C-suite relationships and having those really honest, fruitful conversations with them. It allows me to listen differently before I jump to a conclusion. So I can maybe hear some of the trepidations or the biggest business challenges without making an assumption. Sure. So. Amazing. Well, yeah. I'm sure that leads to very trusted partnerships, which is essential as you're working with clients. Let's do a quick lightning round around okay. personal growth anchors. So complete this statement. I originally became a marketer because blank. Well, the story is I really wanted to be a psychologist and my aunt was one and she was like, you don't want to hear people's problems for 30 years and then never do anything about it. So the next best thing for me was to bridge that gap. And I thought advertising, I can influence behavior. So that's how it happened. That's incredible. How do you define great marketing leadership today? I think great marketing leadership today is around this idea of navigation. I think there's so much complexity in the marketing ecosystem and acknowledging how to navigate, how to hear those cues, as I talked about earlier, and figuring out how to acknowledge your team members to help them to think about things differently is really important. I think marketing leadership is building a great team and really finding ways to unlock those moments. And there's only so many times you can do that, right? Like 
It's really hearing something unique that's happening, a business challenge. I have a bunch of travel clients. And for them, it's around how to have those reoccurring relationships and go beyond just getting somebody in a hotel room or somebody on a plane. It's like the full experience and how to create those full experiences and those connected networked experiences that excite a customer to come back every day. So I think leadership now is thinking through that whole journey differently than where they've been before. I love the idea of unlocking and unleashing the talent on the team. This is, of course, marketing growth conversations. And so a huge part of it is really enabling growth with the folks that are on your team. So we'll we'll definitely dig more into that. Yeah. All right. Lightning round continues. Okay. In a word or a sentence, modern marketing is a driver of growth by doing what? Two things, creating really networked experiences that are seamless. So you can go from the app to a phone call to the chat bot, but also just feeling the brand in a way that is unique. And something we talk a lot about is there's little L, which is just people buying something over and over. And then big L, that big brand love, that's real loyalty. And I think that is where the unlock right now, you're hearing so much around CRM addressable relationships. And that's where I think real growth is happening currently. It's it's interesting because when you think about growth as uh, marketing or, or any business leader, one of the first questions is, are we always going after new customers or are we thinking about our existing customers? And don't underestimate the opportunity to grow your business by deepening relationships with your existing customers and making them raving fans. 100%. I have one client that they're huge. They're a financial client. They work with 90% of the financial institutions. So it's not about getting net new. It's about deepening their relationship and asking those clients to think about ways that they hadn't worked with them before and deepening this scale of the relationship. So that's where they're focused and that's quite different, but that's how they're going to grow the business. It's not to keep going wider and wider. It's to go deeper and deeper. Yep. So I I know we touched on this a bit, but I I have to ask, what does it mean to build a connected brand? Is it about digital, technology, culture, all of the above, way more than that? How do connected brands drive growth? I think uh, connected brands drive growth through a couple of areas. It is absolutely seeing what's happening in the cultural relevance of that moment, trying to be in that moment of time. We've been developing some thinking around how you think about those trends and you make them relevant in that moment, but also thinking about the future proofing of what will be lasting. And so it is a combination for us of like the cultural, the overall human insight, the data that you have and how to pull that through across all of the channels when somebody's in that moment. And you have to find ways to do that differently. So the way you speak through a chat bot, the way you speak on IG are quite different and they're still important, but the client's still in multiple places, that customer's there for different reasons. So really understanding, and you know this better than anybody, the role of that channel and how to use it to work for you best. Yeah, entirely. And, and really being mindful of context to drive relevance, right? It's exactly. you know, knowing that context across an entire journey it's going to change. Is the customer early in their journey? Are they deep in their journey? Have they just dealt with something that's really frustrating them? Really being empathetic to that and knowing that you have to tailor your message and how you engage them appropriately. I think about it often as, again, I said, I work on a lot of travel brands. The idea of certain channels for them is an inspiration space 
for their customers to just think about it again, to want to go, to want to go someplace different. But then the utility of the app or customer services, being thoughtful, they have a problem, they have an issue, they have a question, be thoughtful and quick into the answer and be proactive in how you answer that question. And then on the backside, it's like when they're in the experience of that moment, making sure you're giving them the best taste of what they're wanting to do again and again. So if that is Wi-Fi, if that's a great um, experience afterwards that says, let's finish this trip off, great. Those are the things that make it a truly connected, networked experience all the way through that makes customers want to keep coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Having worked with you as a connection strategy leader, this is all really a core part of the toolkit. (laughs) It is. It is. So as brands and agencies continue to face both economic pressures and also lots of opportunities with technology and innovation, what marketing trends are top of mind for you today? So I, I, I was lucky. I did go to Cannes this year. And besides AI, which I'm not going to talk a lot about, commerce was like a huge topic. And for us, it's a sweet spot for, for Digitas right now, because when you think about the brands from a CPG all the way to, to a travel or a finance, there are ways for you to create commerce experiences where they're closer to D to C, where you are giving them more ways to purchase Try your product, build that loyalty faster. Some of my favorites recently, obviously, is Mrs. Maisel. You could watch her show and then you could go to the store and buy something in the store that was replicating of her. Emily in Paris had a huge um, connection with McDonald's and was written into the scripts. And then afterwards, they created a product that you could buy at their stores. That's what we're calling that connected creative commerce. Obviously, Barbie this summer, huge hit. Guess what? They're killing it with commerce all over the place, every single collaboration. These are things that people want to partake in, culturally relevant, like I said, long-term thinking about the brand and what's a right collaboration. And then how do you make it easy and accessible for somebody to purchase and try it out? I completely agree in that content connected commerce really being a key area right now. I think there's just so much opportunity to connect really powerful experiences with a friction-free pathway to conversion. And um, brands are getting a lot smarter about that. And it's also, of course, pervasive in platforms like Instagram and TikTok and, and all the embedded technology that can go into rich site experiences and so forth. So it'll continue to be really powerful. And even from a paid media standpoint, I think there's so much there in terms of creating rich paid media experiences that naturally connect right into points of conversion. Absolutely. Coming up for women's soccer final or coming up for NFL season, the idea that you're watching a game, the ad comes on, it sounds great to have a Doritos, have this, whatever, have it delivered directly to your house within minutes. There is that opportunity these days to do that, to have that connected networked experience of watching that ad, pressing that button and it coming to your home within 30 minutes so you can enjoy while you're on that two hour show. Yeah. All right. Well, shifting to some growth breakthroughs, tell us about a signature moment. How did it uh, really shape who you are as a leader? How do you come back to those learnings today? I, in about end of 2019, I was working on 
probably one of the biggest projects of my, my career with one of our clients, Delta Airlines, helping them to become the headliner at CES 2020. And we had a huge production. I mean, we were doing their one hour production of the actual keynote, but we were also building their 5,400 square foot booth at CES. And it was the first time they've ever been to CES. We had a lot of challenges production wise and cost overages. And I had to take full responsibility. It was a moment that although there was lots of bits and parts that were reasons that it went wrong or awry in the moment, I am the final say. I am the person that is most accountable for the business. And I had to say, we did wrong. We did a mess up on something and it was really hard. I even offered my, at the time, CEO, I was like, you can let me go. You probably should. And she was like, I'm not letting you go. You're taking full responsibility for this. And so that idea is always stuck with me of like, I am the person that's most accountable for the business. Even if I didn't make the mistake, I have to take it on at times because that's the right thing to do for the business and the client relationship long-term. And yeah. so that's huge for me. It's amazing to hear you say that because as you become more and more and more senior and <laughs> you know this more than I do, it continues to be about making sure others are not only succeeding, but pointed in the right direction. And, yeah. and ultimately, I think when you can take accountability in a bold way like that, it allows for everyone to see that you fully appreciate where yeah. things stand, but also bring some closure to it and move forward with a new fresh outlook. And we did, like we took learnings. We changed the way we did that long-term because we did it this year again. We did CES with them this year. They came back to us and we as a team had a different playbook and we had very clear understandings of what to do next. Yeah. And I think when you have those and you set those expectations differently, then everybody can win together. Sure. That, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. So just kind of moving into another question around pivots, uh, all yeah. marketing leaders who know growth know that you've got to pivot and optimize because things are always changing. So did you ever have a, a key moment like that, that comes to mind? What were yeah. you implementing at the time and what changed and, and what did you do that was new and different? Uh, going into or in the middle of 2020, we were probably Digitas Atlanta was in one of the best places they've been in years, new clients, we had a lot of growth. And then obviously the pandemic hit and it hit us very, very hard. As I said, I work on a decent amount of travel clients and, and B2B clients. And with the travel clients, obviously everything came to a closure. And I had to physically move between 30 and 40 humans, uh, my people, my team from being fully billable across our country to work on totally different businesses and find them homes, wow. which was a lot of weight on my shoulders, but also made me realize I can do this. I can find ways to be creative and figure out how to change where we all are going to be sitting, which changed the trajectory of Atlanta and our team. Because all of a sudden we were national versus a regional team. Wow! And so we were all sitting together, but not not working on any of the same businesses. So that was a huge pivot, but I think a really good growth pivot. People got to work on businesses they would never have otherwise done. Sure. And we saved people's careers and jobs, which I feel incredibly grateful that everybody could stay. Yeah, that's so interesting on a multiple fronts. You you mentioned that everyone suddenly was exposed to lots of new business opportunities. Yeah. And in a way, it probably made your team in Atlanta 
really connected with the whole network of Digitas nationally. And I imagine also you all were probably on an accelerated path to hybrid work (laughs) in ways that maybe others hadn't fully appreciated yet. And suddenly connecting and collaborating with lots of new people. Whereas pre 2020, when we are all working in offices with the same teams on the same pieces of projects all the time, it goes from perhaps something that is a little more routine and predictable to something that suddenly has a lot more variety and requires a lot more agility. Yes, we talked at the beginning of the of this podcast about that fact of really never is one day ever the same. It really became that way. And people got to work on some of the largest retailers in the world. They got to work on some great CPG businesses. They got to work on some other travel brands. They got to work on totally different credit card companies, like all different things. And so it broadened their horizon to have backgrounds and become what I call more T-shaped. I personally used to only work on CPG and telecom before I got to Digitas. And then I made this huge pivot. And now I work a lot on B2B and fintech and financial, but also travel. And so when you get to be a part of all of those different industries, your knowledge, you can carry from one to the other and see where there's themes that might work uniquely in that different category. And yeah. so I do think it's it's given the team a, an opportunity to grow in different ways than they had expected. Yeah, I think something that's unique about a marketing career is on one hand, you could potentially go brand side and become very specialized in a very specific industry and do that for years, decades, your whole career. On the other hand, you could, and particularly in the agency world, have a craft that you're really excelling in and do it on lots of different clients and have a really diverse experience. And I think that that's just something I've always appreciated, but I think it's also some people thrive with that diversity and other people maybe (laughs) wrestle with it a little bit. Did you see that as something that folks on your team had to navigate or was it energizing on the whole? You know, I think on the whole, it gave them opportunities that that they hadn't seen before. So for most, it was energizing. I think at times it was challenging. And I often think it also allowed people to realize, you know what, long-term, I might be somebody who wants to go more client-side because I only want to work on one type of business and go only in that space. And then others that reinforce their fact of, I love working at an agency because I love the diversity of going from one to the other. And that's exciting. And that's, to be honest, why I've stayed in the industry for over 20 something years now, because I've never not wanted to learn something new. And I think that that allows people to stay relevant. Yeah, for sure. So shifting to some learnings for today and tomorrow, and and I'll just start uh, by saying that this pod is all about growth on multiple levels for businesses, but also personal growth. And it strikes me that you are an executive leader who has really thought a lot about the importance of investing in a growth mindset. And I'm just curious at a high level, do you have any points of wisdom in terms of what it takes to really have a proper growth mindset, particularly in the industry that we all know as marketing and advertising and branding? 
you know, I'm reflecting now as you're asking me the question. I remember one of my first bosses always said, take an hour for yourself to just read or find something that you're interested in. Now, I highly doubt I get a full hour to do that, but I take snippets of five minutes. Yeah. And what I what I do do is really focus on two things. One is active listening, yeah. really trying to hear because I used to not, I used to speak over or be prepared for what I was going to say in the moment. Right. And I rehearsed it in the back of my head. And so for me, I think it's really listening to your client, really listening to your team and your people, yeah. hearing tone in their voice, even those are the cues of what active listening really means seeing their body language, you know, are they open? Are they closed? Because yeah. if they're closed, they're fearful about something or they're like trying to hide something and you should clue in there. But also the second piece to it is having the time to read something. I, every day, do go through my feeds to read up on all of my clients' businesses just quickly. Like, even if it's only for headlines to go, oh, crap, I didn't realize that something just happened in Chicago that's going to affect their business. You know what? I should tell the team. And so I'm very much a connector of trying to let the team know because not everybody does that. I encourage it but that's not always their strength. And that is something that I focus on. Yeah, I think that's great. What I'm hearing from that in the listening is recognizing that the process of marketing often is not a linear process and you have to be open to where the dialogue is going and recognize that we all would like to get to the answer, but we're not immediately going to get to the answer. And it's through consensus building and collaboration more often than not, that you get to the better solution that none of us individually would have thought about. So it really is a team sport and you have to come into that experience with openness to where it's going to take you. And then I think reading up on headlines is just an extension of listening and being aware of what a client is going through in the moment. So that that's really excellent. So Elise, do you have any questions for me? So I would love to know when you took this idea of a podcast on, where did you think it was going to go? And is it where you want it to be? That's a great question. So my background, of course, is has been in brand and marketing and also content. And I have always found that I really enjoy learning from the smartest people in my network. I've been investing in networking this year. It's so interesting because at different moments in our careers, sometimes we're totally heads down and immersed in what we're doing. And we come up for air finally. And we're like, there's all these incredible people in my network that I haven't talked to in a really long time. And so I think the podcast was a way for me to... First, not be so literal about networking, right? Not being like, hey, shake your hand. We just met, right? Like, here's my title and credentials, but more like get to know people in meaningful ways. And the more and more that I've done this, the more I've also just found it as an incredible opportunity for me to further my learning and to be really inspired by people. And then also to share it with our community and hopefully listeners are, are learning from this as well. Awesome. I, I love the idea. It's one of my favorite mediums, to be honest. And I think it's amazing that you're doing it. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for being a part of it. So I guess just to kind of round out, curious if there's 
any great marketing advice that you were ever given that you think would be worth sharing and just in general, how you would distill your growth experiences as advice to our listeners? I think for me, if you looked at my career, I've been in advertising since I walked out of school, high, high school, college, moved on. I've I've literally always been in this industry and I never planned on being in it for as long as I have, but it's allowed me to diversify where I started as a planner. I went into account management. I then moved into experience strategy and really focused there for a long time. And I tried different pieces and parts. So it wasn't a linear, even though it looks on paper like linear, it still wasn't. Your career, same thing, right? Not linear. And so being open to exploration and the journey and the experiences you're going to find when you meet people that excite you and inspire you, go with it because you know what? You'll find something new that will keep you inspired within this world that we're in and, and create those new connections because as you were saying, like this is your f- year for networking, you're creating new connections that will open the door to something completely new for you. I totally agree with that. And I- you Very know, long-winded, I know. No, no, this is perfect. And, you know, I, I very much relate to that. You know, I've done everything from media planning and documentary filmmaking to connection strategy, brand strategy, content marketing, so many different yeah. things. And I think it's interesting because some people will say, oh, well, you've got to really find your niche and just always be in this niche. And to some extent, I think it's it's accurate to position yourself in what you're trying to do in the moment, but also be proud of the diversity of things that you've done because many of them are connected and they give you a sharper view of of how it all comes together. I completely agree. And they make you a full package. Yep, exactly. Well, Elise, I really appreciate the time. I know everyone will really enjoy learning from this discussion and we'll be sure to share it on LinkedIn and keep the discussion going there. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great chatting. Okay. Thanks, Elise. Be well.